Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 19 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we are reading chapter 19 of Bringing Balance, a book I wrote in a month. If you want to contact the podcast, you can always head over to jeffreadshisbook.com and you'll find some ways to get in contact with me, including Twitter and some other bullshit. But anyway, um... We'll have more on that at the end of the podcast. So this intro this week's going to be a little more dull than usual. You know what? I didn't get any feedback. Uh, no answers to my discussion questions. Kind of a bummer. So I thought as maybe a stand-in for feedback, I would go see if I sold any books. And the answer is no. Nobody's buying this book as I would have expected. <laughs> I think I pointed out last podcast, the whole goal here is to pay for the microphone. (laughs) That costs $40, and we are failing. (laughs) Besides that, I do have a website. I guess I have to pay for that, too, at some point. It doesn't matter. Not a big deal. I was very confused, though, because Bringing Balance, the paper edition, is I published it on CreateSpace, which, of course, Amazon bought, and now... I can't, it says if you go to the page to buy Bring Balance, there's a paperback version available, but it gets real confusing because I can't see it on the CreateSpace website anymore, I don't think. I, who the hell can tell? It's so badly designed. I don't know. I doubt I've sold one. Amazon's really bad at uh, sending payments if you do get money. Uh, my, the whole point of this is don't do business with Amazon. Bad news, bad news. Uh, maybe I'll put it on. Barnes and Noble too? Can you? I don't know how to do that. So it like shows up in the Nook app. Ugh, if anybody knows how to do any of that, right into the show. Right into the show. Uh, I did take a peek at the chapter we're reading today, and one of the exciting things is we are currently on page 153 of the print book. The actual print book though ends on page 170. So we are 17 pages away from finishing this novel. That is very exciting, and it only took half a year to do. So we're we're getting there. Uh, but other than that, not much to say, so why don't we talk about Chapter 19? So Chapter 19 is nine pages, which should leave us, what, eight after today's episode to finish off. In the, ooh, Did I say there were 22 episodes? We're going to hit some of those two-page chapters, I think, coming up here. Yikes. Anywho, uh, yeah, we're going to be reading nine pages today. Uh, One of the things that you'll notice about this chapter is we're going to tie up some loose ends. I don't think we're hitting the full conclusion yet. Not that you should be excited about it because it's not very good. (laughs) But um, we're going to tie up a few loose ends. You know, we're going to learn a little more about uh, Stephen, maybe. Uh, If you recall last chapter... Um, Margot and Henry stumbled into her brother's office. So we're going to see how that goes, too. This is very exciting. So this is really the meat and potatoes of this chapter. Is that what you say? I don't think you say that. That's more of like I'm a meat and potatoes guy, which is something douchebags say when they don't want to eat Chinese food. So (laughs) 
Let me, or Mexican. I think Mexicans probably. I used to have, I work with somebody who'd be like, man, I don't eat, I'm more of a meat and potatoes. I don't like enchiladas. What the, who doesn't like an enchilada? All right. So we're getting to some of the meat of the book here. We're going to really tie up everything. Gotta, you know, I don't want any loose ends on this book. So yeah, this is going to be good though. I think it's going to be fun. So, uh, I don't know. We're already four minutes in, but we got nine whole pages to read. So, why don't we just get started? I feel like I'm wasting your, your time and my time at this point. So, let's dive in to chapter 19. So, for today's chapter, I am going to be sipping on some Wild Turkey 101. Yes, very, very strong bourbon. Um, it is a delicious bourbon. Uh, the lovely wife and I bought it this week, and um, I hope it doesn't go down too quick. But uh, yeah, I can already feel it in my head. I had one while I was upstairs making the bed, and now I'm having one as we start chapter 19 here. So, mm, now that I'm all hydrated, let's get started. Mm. You're free to leave, Philip told the soldier without looking away from Henry and Margot. Ugh, I'm wearing my glasses. God damn it. All right, let's try again. You're free to leave, Philip told the soldier without looking away from Henry and Margot. Yes, sir, the soldier said, hurrying past Henry and out the door. So you're the man I've heard so much about, Philip said as he walked towards Henry. Margot remained behind him without moving. She knew what her brother was capable of, and she considered him a heartless sociopath. <laughs> Henry, on the other hand, had never met him before. I've never met any of Margot's family, Henry said, offering his hand. <laughs> it's a pleasure to finally meet you. Philip looked at his hand in disgust, then turned away. You are an off-worlder, is that correct? He, added, he asked. Henry frowned, lowering his hand. Yes, that's right. You've been causing a lot of problems for us, especially with regards to that girl, Philip snapped around, giving Margot a chill and continued. Oh, snapped around like, okay, so he was walking, away, turned away in disgust, but then he snapped around. I was picturing him like, you know, oh, you've been giving us trouble. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Giving Margot a chill and continued. You should have let our men take her. She is not innocent in this business. Henry cocked his head to the side. How is she not innocent? She has hidden the light of the balancing stone for three years. Why do you think the blight has begun creeping across this land? We simply sought to fix it. He's lying, Margot said into Henry's ear. Dear little sister, why not step out from behind this man? Do you still fear me? Philip asked, grinning. Margot knew that she still did. She could not bring herself to answer. Aw, oh, she's scared of her brother. All right. Listen, Henry began. I know you and your friends have a great little club going here, but you're really pissing me off. Now, how about we just leave, and maybe someday, when you're destitute, we can sit down for coffee and have a more polite chat. Oh, damn, he's throwing, he's throwing down, right? Margot felt a fire deep inside her heart. Wait, 
I put that in there. Margot felt a fire deep inside start to ignite. She had never heard anyone speak to her older brother in such an insulting manner. She realized that Henry was starting to toy with him to provoke him into doing something stupid, and it appeared to be working. Club? Destitute? he roared. How dare you address me like this? I was being perfectly polite, Phil. Ah, Phil, instead of Philip, that's going to annoy him. We've got to get going, though. I really don't have time for this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. All right. We gotta get, we've got to get going, though. I really don't have time for this, quote, let's run the kingdom nonsense you and your pals are playing. Are you all set, Margot? Henry asked. Margot nodded with a smile, although she remained behind him. Great. We'll just be on our way, then. Maybe we'll meet you down the road if you don't end up getting yourself killed for talking like a pompous ass. Oh, oh, Henry is smacking. Oh, this is this is good, right? This is a lot of trash talk. Uh, I am not good at trash talk. I do kind of. I remember playing soccer once. This was in college, and it was a uh, intramural game in the fraternity league. <laughs> and I was talking so much smack to this kid, and I'm like, "Come on, are you gonna get around me? Are you gonna get around me?" And he tried to shoot, and it was going so wide, and one of my those little goddamn freshmen in my fraternity tried to get in front of it and deflected it right into the goal. And I, that was such the worst trash-talking moment of my life. I don't think I've trash-talked since then. That might have been the last time, because it was so embarrassing. I was just, like, put in my place immediately. Ugh, goddamn. Henry's way better at trash-talk than me. This is, this is pretty sharp. All right. Henry began to turn around towards Margot. Just as he was halfway around, Philip screamed some indecipherable curse and thrust his hand at Henry. Oh, curse is not properly formatted. It's sticking out past the margin. <laughs> Margot screamed as well, but Henry had been prepared, holding up his right arm and stopping the fire that raged from Philip's hand. He turned back towards Philip, grinning. You're not very welcoming to your sister's friend, Phil, he, can, he taunted. Maybe this will make you feel more at home, Philip said through gritted teeth, thrusting a two-handed spell at Henry. Margot ducked behind a chair, trying to avoid the ensuing fight. Henry again raised his right hand and deflected the spell effortlessly. Phil, we could be good friends, I bet, if you'd drop that arrogant attitude for a minute. And maybe try not to kill so many people when you play pretend, Henry said. You will refer to me as Sir Philip Offworlder for the rest of your life. And that should be over shortly, Philip exclaimed, sending a ring of fire outward from himself, racing towards Henry. <laughs> Margot watched in amazement as Henry somehow substantiated... Okay. A wall of water in front of him, which turned to steam as the fire impacted it. She was beginning to worry he wouldn't be able to hold out much longer. On all fours, she crawled around the back of the couch and cast a simple stealth spell on herself. On the shelf above her, she grabbed a heavy wooden bookend, causing a stack to fall over. Philip took no notice. You're... 
you amateur tricks are no good against me, Offworlder. <laughs> Think that's supposed to be your amateur tricks. <laughs> Philip taunted. Margot could see that he was cooking up a complex spell. I am running out of patience with you. Phil, you need to learn to relax and enjoy the ride. How much longer do you think people are going to put up with an arrogant bastard like yourself? Henry said coolly. Did I sound cool when I said that? I'm guessing I didn't sound cool. I said that you'll address me as ugh, as Philip managed as a heavy wooden bookend swung into his temple. <laughs> Henry looked wide-eyed at Margot. Ouch, he said, laughing. Do you see why I can't introduce you to my family now, she asked, still shaking. I did find him a bit rude and unwelcoming, Henry said. Despite the scene, Margot broke out in laughter. Ha 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 She had just struck down the brother that had terrified her since she was a young girl, and Henry had instantly lightened the mood. She bent over and checked her brother's pulse. He'll be fine soon. Sore, but fine, she said. I don't even know why I've been afraid of him. A good hit to the temple seems to have the same effect on everyone. Let's get out of here, Henry said, taking Margot's hand. We've got to find those kids we left to run around the palace together. Drinking break! Oh, that was a lot of, like, smack talking in that office, am I right? Mm. Ooh, that's some good bourbon, too. I think I'm already starting to, like, slur this chapter. And, uh, yeah, I feel a little bit bad about my uh, trash-talking, you know, aside there. Like, I still play soccer in, like, uh, adult leagues every now and then, but goddamn, I can't trash-talk in that, because who gives a shit? At my age, please. Mm. But this bourbon is delicious. All right, all right, we should get back into this, right? Okay. I just drummed my fingers on the table. Did that come through the mic? Probably. Let's see. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. A little bit. Yeah, I can see it there. All right. All right. Excuse me for these experiments. I'm not very good at podcasting. (laughs) All right, here we go. The prince, the lead mage laughed. These two are fugitives, trespassers, nothing more. Oh, I see what he's saying here. The prince, (laughs) the lead mage laughed. These two are fugitives, trespassers, nothing more. (laughs) The senior soldier walked up to the mage and stood less than an arm's length from him. Looking directly at the mage's face, he yelled, Attention! It says attention. I just tried to read it like I assume people in the military would read it. Because, yeah. With amazing coordination, Aaron watched as the soldiers drew weapons and fell into line between herself and the five mages. How'd they do that? Like, they were... Eh, all right. You should leave the palace grounds immediately, the soldier said in a threatening tone. Your presence is no longer... Page turn. Necessary. <laughs> now wait one moment, the mage began. However, he stopped as the soldier raised his right fist beside his head. His men beside him raised their weapons and prepared to attack. 
the mages behind their leader began walking backwards towards the building's corner again. When the senior mage turned to find himself being abandoned, he too turned and fled. At ease, the officer commanded. The soldiers sheathed their swords and turned back to Aaron and Stephen. That's not really well written. Like, I did the soldiers turn back to Aaron and Stephen or just the officer? Uh, huh. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough call. Well, sheathed their swords and turned. The officer turned. The soldiers turned. Yeah, you can't tell. Well, well, that's just a mystery for the ages, I guess. Is this true? Aaron asked. Yes, I'm afraid it is, he admitted. <laughs> My father was the king. I couldn't tell you. How do you bring up something like that? <laughs> wow, what a stunning reveal. <laughs> I think when I wrote this, I was kind of thinking that maybe Stephen wouldn't be fully aware that he was the king. Ah, or the prince, whatever. I, I don't know. This is just kind of a lame way of it coming about. All right. That's why you knew so much about the palace. I knew there was some secret, she said. Wow, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> prince Stephen, the officer said as he approached. Have you really returned? Word of your arrival came yesterday and spread like wildfire. Stephen blushed, but managed to reply, Yes, sir, I've returned. The entire regiment knelt before him. Aaron was beside herself with amazement. Stephen shifted on his feet uncomfortably. Rise, please. This is unnecessary, he said. He paused, trying to think of the right wording. Um, at ease, gentlemen. Uh, no formalities for now. He offered his outstretched hand to the senior soldier. Of course, sir, the officer replied, gratefully accepting his hand. The rest of the men began clapping and yelling in excitement. Aaron couldn't believe how their fortunes had shifted. Neither can I, reading this terrible book. <laughs> Stephen continued to be greeted by soldiers, all jostling to shake his hand or pat him on the back. Would you really do that if he was the prince? I don't know. Uh, Aaron, however, grew concerned about the mages who had fled. Stephen, she said, grabbing his sleeve, we should keep moving. Looking at Aaron, he had the expression of suddenly remembering their original task. Oh, right, he said, turning to find the senior soldier, or officer, whatever. He called, Lieutenant, we need some assistance. The other soldiers fell back as their senior officer approached. Yes, sir, what can we help with? We need to get to the tower on Keepsake Island, and we'll need to defend it. Through the tunnel, sir, the soldier asked. Yes, Aaron said in desperation. Yes, Aaron said in desperation. Those mages will come after us in force. We need to go. That was desperation. <laughs> Of course, miss, he said graciously. Calling a soldier to his side, he whispered in his ear. The soldier ran off away from the building's corner and along the Riverview facade of the palace. How do you spell facade? Is it? I have F-A-C-A-D-E. I'm not sure if that's right. If you know, write into the show. Yes, Twitter, Facebook, or not Facebook. I don't do that. No. Or not with this podcast. Ugh. 
I have so many stupid extended family members on there that like, I, I you know, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> All right. I'm already like rubbing my face thinking about that. I'm sorry. Twitter, email, or Mastodon is how you contact me. Am I right? Oh, goddamn screensaver. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'll have reinforcements for us as soon as possible, he said to Stephen. How would you like to proceed? Erin watched Stephen. She didn't think walking back to the windowed hall was a particularly good plan, but she didn't have any other strategy in mind. From behind the palace, she had a clear view of Keepsake Island, but the fast-flowing river was a significant obstacle. She hoped Stephen had a better idea. Are there any other ways into the dungeons nearby, he asked the the senior officer. The only one I know is via the service entrance on the opposite side of the palace, he replied. <laughs> they have a, they have access to the dungeons from the service entrance? <laughs> I picture, you know, like a loading dock. I guess that makes sense, right? Like, I think we talked about this a long time ago with the, uh, when they first were like scouting the uh, palace, they talked there would have to be a service entrance for something this long or this large. Like, uh, you know, if you need bread delivered or, I guess, toilet paper? Well, they probably have magic toilet paper. You know, you only have to use, like, one square. Yeah. I don't know. But I love that the palace has a service entrance. That's pretty top-notch, right? Uh, all right, let's do that, Stephen said. Turning to Aaron, he explained. It's around the back and on the opposite side, but there shouldn't be as many people watching as in the hall. Does that sound like a good plan? It sounds like a plan, Aaron shrugged. Henry scared at the skittish compass Margot had provided. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm moving along way too fast because we have hit a drinking break. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this glass is done. So through the magic of the pause button, I'll be right back. All right, and we are back with another glass of whiskey. Hmm. Sundays are rough on the liver. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's get cooking here. Henry stared at the skittish compass Margot had provided. In this world, compasses would orient themselves along lines of constant magic rather than magnetism. Ooh, fascinating, am I right? All right. However, magic was far less reliable, and the compass kept whipping around in different directions. People actually use these, he asked. Kids, mostly, and usually only out in the country, she explained. It seems pointless, he said. Yep, she replied simply. Henry handed the device back to her and peered out of the doorway from the room they were hiding in. He had been trying to travel in one direction... And asked Margot if she had uh, a picture. A compass. <laughs> Occasionally, he still forgot the significant differences between the two worlds. He decided to continue relying on his poor sense of direction. He theorized that his disorientation was also an effect of the magic within this world. We're going right, correct? He qu- We're going right, correct? He quietly asked Margot. She nodded in affirmation. Again, with these, she nodded would have been sufficient. 
Henry stepped out into the wide hallway and began running. Margot was by his side in an instant. The reached yet another junctionist a few seconds later. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be they. <laughs> he looked both ways down the intersecting hallway and continued on their current route. Or route. Route or route? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Henry could see their hallway ended a short distance ahead. As they reached the end of the hallway, there was a door directly in front of the two mages. And a hallway that a hallway ran perpendicular to their desired destination. Henry sighed deeply, tired of the massive building. Peering around the corner, he saw the backs of two guards walking away from them. He jumped across the hallway, tried the door, found it opened, and waved Margot uh, and waved for Margot to follow him inside. She rushed silently across the hallway and through the door frame. The pair found themselves in a spacious formal dining room. Ugh, another formatting error. Room is sticking out past the goddamn margin. You do realize that they're now in a dining room, and all they were looking for was that stupid, like, uh, the garden, that, that enclosed garden that the stupid stone was stuck in. At the, that is some alliteration. All right, let's keep going. Two of the four walls had windows looking out into the... Oh, my God. Laundry's done. Did anybody hear the buzzer? <laughs> two of the four walls had windows looking out into the surrounding gardens. The remaining two walls featured ancient murals of mythical creatures, although Henry guessed some of them probably weren't mythical in this world. A long table that could sit 40 people easily dominated the center of the room. The room was currently devoid of all people. Let's go outside, Margot suggested. We'll be able to get our bearings. I'll make us a little harder to see. Okay, I'll make us a little harder to see. Yep, all right, that makes sense. All right. Okay, then we should be able to find our way back to the tunnel, Henry agreed. The pair walked to an exterior door set into the wall where Margot cast two minor spells on herself and Henry. The pair stepped into the late morning sunshine. For some reason, there is a space between late dash and then morning. Hmm. Would it be, do you put a dash between late morning? Or like, late, is it late space morning or late dash morning? I don't know. I think I would do a dash as I tried to do in this book and failed and ended up doing both things. <laughs> Once outside, Henry could see that they were in a large alcove of the palace. The two wings stretched to his right and left, and far in front of him, he could make out what he thought were palace fences. I'm going to stop right here. Like the, it's, So it's kind of shaped like a U, so there's like two big wings. And I think, but I don't remember when I design, you know, wrote this, that I was kind of thinking of my first elementary school, because that was like kind of U-shaped as well. And there was like a center, you know, you could go into the center of it. But when I was there, like grades, what, K through 2, we were on a side playground, so we, it was like a rare opportunity when we got to go inside the U-shaped area, and that was like a big deal. I think we did it for like Halloween. They had a Halloween parade through there, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I think so. That was a big deal. So I think maybe that's where I got the concept for this sh like courtyard 
But, uh, yeah, I can't really say for sure. But that's what I'm thinking of. And so I was probably thinking of it at the time, too. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. Two wings stretched to his right and left, and far in front of him he could make out what he thought were palace fences. Still unsure, he thought he could make out a gate in the fences. The alcove was impeccably landscaped with shade trees, small bushes, and the remainder of the floral decorations from that summer. He and Margot walked to the left wing and began to follow the wall away from the core of the palace. If they were at my elementary school, they'd be heading towards the soccer field. <laughs> Their field of vision eventually revealed the river as they walked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sentence stinks. Henry realized that he had led them to the absolute opposite side of the palace. You've got to be kidding, he exclaimed when he saw the river. Yeah, he's probably pretty pissed. Okay. I guess next time I'll have to lead, Margot said. Oh, you could have done better, Henry challenged. Probably not, but perhaps I wouldn't have led us in the exact... Perhaps... Uh, okay, all right, all right. This is... All right. Perhaps... Uh, there's a lot of knots and stuff in this. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, you could have done better, Henry challenged. Probably not, but perhaps I wouldn't have led us in the exact opposite direction. Henry, Henry's eyes widened in disbelief, but Margot disarmed him with a laugh. You should see your face, she said. Wow, you were... <laughs> wow, are you angry. Of course I couldn't have found a better way. And I didn't exactly just follow along after you, now did I? Henry smiled. Don't do that. I'm not used to your being nice to me again. All right. How do we... How about we just try walking around the front? Or would you like to take command? Ugh, I am having trouble reading. I am sorry, people. I'm kind of in shadow here. Let me... I'm going to try changing some of my angles. All right. Uh, blah, blah. Shut up, she said, and get moving. She pushed Henry forward, and the pair set off again towards the complex's corner. When they reached the corner, Margot cautiously peeked around the building. She threw herself back against the wall. Henry could see she was in shock. What, more mages, he asked? No, soldiers. There must be a hundred of them over there. I think this is there is the service entrance, she explained. Ooh, remember we were talking about the service entrance. <laughs> the loading dock for the palace. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, Henry walked around her and peeked past the corner. Like Margot had said, a mass of soldiers stood as if waiting for something. Henry realized that he and Margot alone wouldn't stand a chance against such numbers. Their options were to circle around the rear of the palace or to return to the maze-like interior of the oversized home. Oh my god. So maze-like has a dash. It's maze-like, I think is what I was going for, but it is maze-space-like. Why is there a space? Like, I honestly don't understand how these spaces are appearing. I wouldn't have typed that. Ugh. Henry didn't like either prospect. 
Damn it, he said, returning from his observation. (laughs) He sat down on the ground with his knees up near his chest and his back against the palace wall. Margot joined him. Today really doesn't seem to be working out the way we wanted, Margot pointed out, joining him on the ground. Ooh, good point, Margot, because remember, they have to get home for dinner. (laughs) Henry sighed. No, it hasn't gone smoothly. So what do you think? Margot reached into thin air and produced two large sugar cookies. Handing one to Henry, she said, I don't know. Let's think about, think this through for a moment. Sorry, sorry. I don't know what the author was saying. I was kind of reading what I would have written. Sorry. All right. As they sat in silence, munching on their sweet treats, a loud voice boomed from around the corner. Attention, men! Is that how you do it in the military? Attention, men! The prince has requested that we storm and secure the tunnel to Keepsake Island. He and his companion must travel there immediately to finish their quest. We must keep the magistrates at bay. Oh, not capitalized. I would think magistrates should be capitalized. Once this task is complete, hopefully more will have arrived and we can clear the palace. The prince, Margot said. There's no prince anymore, is there? Henry asked. Not since the only one disappeared when he was maybe ten years old, Margot replied. And besides, why would a prince have any interest in Keepsake Island? She paused, pondering the situation. Finish your cookie. We need to investigate. When the pair stood up, Margot cast a strong disguise spell on both of them, such that untrained eyes would see them as soldiers. The spell was risky, Henry knew because strong magic could be easily detected, or detected easily, whatever I actually wrote. Henry exhaled and turned the corner, walking towards the soldiers. Margot joined him in an instant. That's the second in an instant with Margot. You know what? The author seems to think that women should follow men, and that is just garbage. Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Jesus Christ. By the time the pair joined the throng of soldiers, orders were being distributed to various units. I said units there because I don't know how militaries are, like, broken down. You know, they have, like, platoons and companies and brigades. Is that a thing? I don't know what any of that means, though. So, unit seems safe, I guess. Well, this is told from Henry's perspective, and I'm guessing he wouldn't know anything about the military either. All right. Margot started leading Henry towards the palace side of the small army. Henry silently agreed, as he assumed that the side nearest the building's entrance would be where the leaders were. The leaders of what? Oh, I, I don't even... Where the leaders were? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Ugh, God damn it! During their progress, the pair occasionally received strange looks. The strong spell had its dangerous side effects, and some could guess that there was something odd about the two determined soldiers. Furthermore, Henry thought to himself, Margot still retained a womanly gait as she walked. He guessed that he himself probably didn't exude any exude the signs of ample training that soldiers have received either.
An officer eventually grabbed Margot and Henry as they walked closer to the front. Where are you two going? he demanded. We need to speak with the prince, Henry said, knowing that Margot's voice would ruin her disguise in an instant. The officer cocked his head, asking, Why? I cocked my head while I read that, just FYI. The whole live audience saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, the whole audience in the studio saw that. Thinking quickly, Henry, Henry replied, We have news about the magistrates. Again, not capitalized. Or weren't we capitalizing that earlier? God damn it. They're making a move. I bet they are, he growled. I bet they are. Is that growly? Perhaps by sending two spies into our ranks. Margot snapped her fingers, removing the disguise. The officer released them in shock, but Henry and Margot took defensive stances, though they were surrounded by armed men. We don't want any trouble, Henry said. We don't work for the magistrates. We oppose them. We're trying to find two lost friends in the palace. The soldiers around them all drew weapons, but none dared approach. They were locked in a standoff, though Henry did not like his chances should the standoff end. Someone tell the prince we've captured two mages, the officer boomed. Boomed? Should I have boomed that? Who is this prince, Margot asked, still braced for battle. Prince Stephen, the officer replied. He has returned to reclaim the throne. Wow, that is epic. And it also ends chapter 19. Wow, that was an exciting freaking chapter. Am I right? Huh? So we got some loose ends tied up, right? We now know that Stephen is Prince Stephen. Woo, very exciting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Margot and Henry are... Tr- they were trying to find... What, where were they going? They were trying to get back to the tunnel for some reason. So they had just effectively given up on even finding Aaron or Stephen at that point. They were just like, yeah, the hell with this. Let's get the hell out of here. Is what kind of what I'm seeing, but I don't know. I don't know. I was pretty much loving that chapter. I honestly thought when I wrote this that I had more... Like, I don't know, I thought there was a longer period where they were stumbling around the palace, like, getting lost. I thought they went down a few more hallways before they ever got to, like, a formal dining room. I do remember that scene and writing it. Eh, You know, it's effective. But, uh, I don't know. That was a lot shorter, the palace scenery, I guess. That was a lot shorter than I thought it was, than I remember, even, so... Yeah, but we saw some exciting things. We saw Margot overcame her fear of her older brother. Ooh. <laughs> Violently, I should say. Let me just add that. Yeah, that was pretty intense, that scene. And uh, she had no problem with hitting him in the head with a bookend. So obviously Margot doesn't like her family, which is kind of odd, but whatever. And uh, I guess that's that's about it. You know, it I... I'm still a little irritated that people just recognize Steven. That's still driving me a little up the wall. I think I mentioned last time that I don't look nearly enough like my father. Somebody could see him printed on money and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's Jeff's dad. Yeah, we got that. (laughs) I mean, we look similar-ish, right? You could say, oh, yeah, 
if somebody told you I was his son, they'd be like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. But beyond that, Jesus, no. Anyway, more so you could look at my sister, yeah, and be like, uh, one of them, not yeah, one of my sisters, and be like, oh, yeah, they're the same. They're related, so... Anywho, very exciting chapter. I'm having so much fun, and we are going to go in. Oh, I actually made a note to myself on one of the drinking breaks. I actually have to do an edit. I'm going to take out a couple seconds of audio because I got way too excited. It was a drinking break, and then hit pause mid-excitement. So it's like, oh, and then it just cuts off. So I got to go back and fix that before I release this. And I don't think I'll notice, so I'm probably going to make the final copy of this episode and then be disappointed in myself. So let's look at our discussion questions today. All right, first discussion question. How do you spell facade? I don't know, and there's no cheating. Don't look it up. You have to write in and tell me. Is it? I have in the book F-A-C-A-D-E. I feel like, is there an S in there, or does the C have like a, I don't know, is it one of those French C's that have the squiggles underneath? I don't know. But I feel like F-A-C-A-D-E isn't quite right. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels wrong to me. Am I right? Uh, Okay, that's a good one. All right, discussion question two. Are you annoyed that Stephen knew the whole time that he was the freaking prince? Because I'm freaking annoyed. I think it would have been more fun if he learned that he was the prince and had been taken away much younger. But ugh, he knew the whole time. That makes this whole plot line kind of lame. I kind of feel like maybe whoever this author was just kind of said, the hell with this. He knows. Let's wrap this book up. I don't have to write that many more words. Uh, it's a little lame. But I'm annoyed. Reading it again, it you know, seven years later, I'm super annoyed that Stephen knows that he's the freaking prince. What the hell, Stephen? You could have brought that up earlier. Son of a bitch. All right. Question three. Margot gives Henry a sugar cookie. So the question is, what's your favorite kind of cookie? I personally do love a sugar cookie. I don't know that it's my favorite, though. You know what I like? You know what I like? Um, there, it's a it's a variation on, you know, the uh, it's like just a regular sugar cookie, but it's kind of fat, and they push a Hershey's Kiss into the middle of it. There's a variation where you push a one of the, like, fun-sized Reese's Peanut Butter Cups into the middle of it. Oh, my God, it's heaven. Yeah, that might be my favorite cookie. I freaking love those. Although, no, you know, I got to take that back. My aunt, and now my mom makes them for me instead, but my aunt always made me anise cookies. And so it has the anise spice in it. I don't know how to make them at all. But then you drizzle this like frosting on top and put sprinkles. Oh my God, it is heaven. I could eat those all day and they are super dense. And that's probably why I come home from Christmas 20 pounds heavier. Well, that and fudge. Yeah, chocolate fudge is pretty good. So write in, what's your favorite cookie? What do you, what kind of cookie do you want Margot to pull out of thin air and hand to you? I would say peanut butter cup pressed peanut butter cookie. (laughs) Whatever the hell you call that thing. Yes. 
So those are our discussion questions for this week. If you'd like to write in with your answers, you can find me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff, or you can email me at jba at sdf.org, or you can reach me on Mastodon. Send me a toot at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're on Reddit, uh, I guess you could send me a message. I'm Printstar on Reddit. I know these names are all over the place, but freaking deal with it. I didn't plan my celebrity status that I clearly have at this point. Uh, so I didn't really reserve any names on any of these services. I was telling my wife, though, I did get like a good name on Pinterest. I remember listening to a podcast. And they were talking about Pinterest as a new social network. I'm like, oh, I better apply and get myself like a good username because I'm way behind on everything on that kind of stuff. So I get like a Pinterest account and then I quickly realize this is just not for me. I don't need to share my what vegan recipes or pictures of snazzy new like, I don't know, what do they share on there? Stretch pants? I'm going to say stretch pants. So yeah, I feel like Lululemon might be a big deal on Pinterest. <laughs> anyway, I I don't have any like the names vary based on what service you're on. So yeah, freaking deal with it. If you want, you can go to jeffreadsbook.com, find any of those links to those contacts, since some of them involve letters that I'm probably not reading clearly. Or uh, go to jeffreadsbook.com and you could actually buy a copy of Bring Balance. Uh, we only have chapter 20, 21, and 22 remaining, along with an epilogue. So, I mean, now's the time to buy a print copy of this book. Amazon says it's available, and I can't figure out anything beyond that. But go ahead and buy one. That'd be snazzy. Uh, but anyway, I'm babbling again, and we're on the outro. So I've given the contact information. There's nothing left to do. So until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.